Good morning, everyone. It is the 16th of May. My name is Lorna Denny and I'm joined today by Alex Byrne. It was another tricky week for the markets with global equities suffering a sixth consecutive week of falls and that's the worst run since 2008. The US Treasury market rallied at midweek with buyers coming in as yields moved above 3%. And this could be due to the words of Jay Powell, the chair of the US Fed, who stressed that the next hike in rates is unlikely to be 75 basis points, as the markets had feared. Instead, he was leading the markets to expect 50 basis point hikes in both June and July. We also had a fairly significant steer from Christine Lagarde, the president of the European Central Bank, Alex. Morning, Laura. That's right. Christine Lagarde sent a very clear message that there is support for a July hike of 25 basis points. So this echoes the Bundesbank's call for a rate hike in July, given eurozone inflation levels of 7.5%. Additionally, she stated that she expected the bank to stop expanding the balance sheet through the bond purchases early in Q3, and then the rate rises for some time after that, but that this could mean a period of only a few weeks. So to remind us all of the situation, bank's current rate is negative 0.5% and has been in negative territory since 2014. And although that first rate rise may not seem large in absolute terms, 0.25%, it's significant in its statement. Firstly, moving towards positive from a negative territory makes a significant difference to how money on deposit is thought about by money managers. And secondly, the trajectory, it's clearing out upward. The market expected rate is seven rate rises by next year, taking the rate to somewhere around 1.25%. Yes, it is quite an interesting tipping point, isn't it, for the ECB? There have been some quite intriguing moves in the European government bond markets recently. There has been, Lorna, yeah, namely on two fronts. The yield on the benchmark German Bund has risen sharply, now hovering around 1%. It had been above 1%, but dropped off slightly, seeing some resistance, indicating rate hike expectations. But the spread between German and Italian, for instance, 10-year bonds has widened very swiftly to two percentage points. So it indicates a stress in peripheral Eurozone countries. So, for instance, they may not be able to serve the high levels of debt that they have with increased rates. This could constrain the ECB's hand in further tightening somewhat and displays very well the difficult position that the ECB is always in, which is managing the situation of 19 very disparate economies. Yes, but we have had a similar sort of message from the US where CPI inflation came in at 8.3% for April and yet bond yields have edged down. And perhaps that's the bond market signalling that the Fed might not have to tighten too much before growth actually starts to stall. And that's the stagflation fear, of course. Turning back to Europe, though, the earnings season tends to be more protracted here than in the US. Could you give us a roundup of the trends recently? So far, we've had 80% of companies reported. Of those, 70% have been positive, 20% have been in line with expectations, and only 10% have disappointed. And when we say here disappointed or positive, we mean a beat of or an undershoot of more than 5%. So within cyclical sectors, oil and gas, financials, banks, construction, energy, basic resources, and in some COVID recovery names, so travel and leisure, for instance, we've seen close to 90% of companies surprising on the upside. The rationale there being obvious, a lot of those being driven by the underlying asset increasing in price, so oil and gas being a very good example. Some sectors have been much more volatile with some big winners and losers. Tech, for instance, being a very obvious one where nearly 25% of companies have disappointed. Yes, and speaking of tech disappointments, Elon Musk has put his acquisition of Twitter on hold temporarily. And we saw the share price there drop 20% after this tweet went out. We'll obviously watch how that story develops. But in the meantime, this morning, China has announced sharply weaker industrial production and retail sales numbers due to the COVID lockdowns. What else should we be looking out for in the week to come? 
So we have the EU GDP second print. We're not expecting too much change from the initial number of 5% here, year on year to the end of the quarter. We've also got US industrial production expectations. These are a very good barometer for US growth and manufacturing. We expect these to slow significantly again from 0.9% increase month on month last month to 0.4% increase this month. And then importantly, we've also got CPI prints from the EU where core inflation is expected to be stable, but overall inflation, which includes fuel and food, may begin to show signs of slowing. Yes, we'll watch those numbers with interest. Thank you, Alex, very much indeed. Thank you, Lorna.